The story of the prodigal son is one of the most beloved and famous of all stories, not just for us Catholic Christians, not just for Christians in general, but for everyone, Christian, non-Christian, believer, unbeliever. It's one of the most famous and most beloved stories of all time. Everyone, even non-Christians know the story of the prodigal son. And it's so familiar to us as soon as it begins, as soon as Jesus says, there was a man who had two sons. You and I are probably thinking, oh yeah, oh, prodigal son, I know how this is gonna end. And we just kind of settle in for a long gospel, which is nice. And we probably think, wow, that's really nice. Great story. But we need to remember that when the people first heard this in Jesus' day, they weren't smiling, saying, oh, that's so lovely. Tell it again. They were angry, actually. They were angry for two reasons. Number one, I think it became clear to them as Jesus continued with this story that he was saying they were the older son. Because remember, it says Jesus addressed this parable to the people who were complaining that he was eating with sinners. So they're like that older son. So they, they realize that as the story goes on. Wait a minute, he's saying we're like that older son. But even worse was the way the father in Jesus' story treated the younger son. You know, they were listening probably and kind of understanding, agreeing, nodding along with the story, you know, until that part where it says the son then, having stolen the father and the brother's property and went off and then swallowed it up and with a life of dissipation. Oh, and says Jesus puts in with a life of prostitution and everything. Jesus is really laying it on thick there. And he comes crawling back to the father and he's practicing his act of contrition. Father, I, I've sinned against you and against God. I no longer deserve to be your son. Father, I've sinned against you and God. And he comes crawling back. And up to that point, it sounds like an okay story. But then Jesus says, the father catches sight of his son way far away and is moved with compassion. Now, wait a minute, moved with compassion. He should be moved with anger. And he runs out after his son. And now the people listening are thinking, yeah, now he's going to get it. Now his son's going to be arrested and maybe put to death for what he did. But then Jesus said he embraces his son and kisses him and orders that a, a robe be put on him, a ring on his finger, kill the, the fattened calf, let's have a party. This made no sense at all to the hearers. They, 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 just, they probably could hear no more of it and either walked away or said something to Jesus or whatever they did. But it just wasn't a pleasant story as it is for us today. But the point of the story is this. Jesus, Jesus tells us that God, our Father, is like the Father in this story, who, when we come back, when we turn toward him, when we even have an inkling of being sorry for our sins, rushes toward us and embraces us and forgives us. This is all God's doing. It's not as though the Son figured it out. He wasn't at home saying, oh, I think if I go back and I approach him this way and if I say these words, he's going to forgive me. No, his son was at his lowest place and went crawling back to his father. His father runs out to him, makes this big scene, and brings him home fully restored. This is, I, I believe, the point of Jesus' parable for us. This because We know that because that's what Jesus came to announce to all of us that our Father loves us, our Father is willing to forgive us, our Father wants to bring us home, not just temporarily forgiving our sins, but eternally in heaven. And this is the reason why Jesus came and died for us, 
so that he could bridge that gap, so that he could gather all of us, God's children, and present them to our Father. We're at about the halfway point of Lent, actually a little bit beyond that already. Time is ridiculous. It goes so quickly. Um, But as we move now, between now and uh, Holy Week, now and Good Friday, we will move closer and closer to the cross. We will be called upon to reflect on the cross, on the meaning of the cross of Christ. And we get a great, well, not a hint, but we get the teaching in today's second reading from St. Paul. St. Paul says this, God has reconciled us in Christ, his Son. He made him, Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for our sakes. That's one of those things that we were, we're very familiar with it, and we think, yeah, that makes sense. He made him who knew no sin to become sin. No, it makes no sense at all. That makes no sense. God, who had nothing to do with sin, who, didn't, who is, is the antithesis of sin. Sin is the realm of the devil. But God loves us so much that he rushes out toward us in his son, and he became sin and offered his own life on the cross for all of us. So that we're not only forgiven, we are redeemed. We are saved in Jesus Christ. The cross of Christ is the center of everything that Jesus came and did. He didn't just come and tell great stories or perform miracles that that wowed people. Everything he was about was showing us that God loves us. God has sent him to come rescue us and save us and bring us home to heaven. This is what we will celebrate for the rest of Lent. Really, we celebrate it at every Mass, but especially now, between now and Good Friday. So as we keep marching toward Good Friday, that is the crucifixion of Christ, our salvation, I pray that we may remember two things. One, we may remember that this is all God's doing. This is God's initiative. We don't deserve it. It's not as though we figured it out or God, or God decided that we were ready or anything. God wanted to save us. This is what we will celebrate in the next few weeks. Secondly, as we march toward, toward Easter and before that Good Friday, I hope that you will spend some time contemplating the cross of Christ. In this place or at home, even on a little rosary, I just invite you to spend time contemplating the cross. It doesn't make any sense to us, but it's God's way of saving the world. In God's wisdom, he made Christ, who knew no sin, to become our sin, sin for us, so that we might be saved and brought home to heaven. I pray that that may be our reflection between now and Good Friday, so that having celebrated Good Friday with hearts renewed, we will be more than ready to celebrate the resurrection, to rejoice with all the angels and saints, to thank God for the gift of salvation.